Good morning and welcome to Plant Experts. Whoop, live at Prairie Gardens. Let me turn my mic up just a little bit. <laughs> I'm Tamara McDaniel here at Prairie Gardens, 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan. Uh, you can phone us and join in at 217-356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. Or you can text us at 351-5357. Our experts today, we have Mary Ann Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Mary Ann. And Mr. John Wise Garver. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. It's so good to see you both. Good to it's see good you to also. See you too. You know. Or good to be seen, one of the good two. To, yeah. Good to be heard yeah, anyway. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad that you were able to make it into the store safely. Oh, yeah, no problems. Yeah. Roads were fine. Because you're in town, right? I am in town. Okay. That's good. And, and we're both out of town. We're both out of town, yeah. right. But it was okay. It was okay. It was me. nothing like last Saturday afternoon. Ooh, baby. Oh, did you have to drive in that? Mm. I was lucky and got home just before it hit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lucky you, definitely. But, yeah. This was a piece of cake. (laughs) Good. (laughs) That's not what I heard. You know, everything is relative. Well, compared to that, last last Saturday. (laughs) Well, that's funny, Matt. Yeah, last Saturday. (laughs) You know, Dave was discussing earlier uh, on the air with me. He said, there, even though it's the middle of winter, there are still some things that you can be doing, right? And I said, yeah, actually, um, lately we've been talking about pruning and how nice it is at this time of year because the leaves aren't there and you can see the structure of the branches. That's exactly right. Thank you. <laughs> Do this. Is, you, you guys are such good teachers. You know, yeah. Yeah. Plus, we just talked about it last week, so <laughs> I guess the short-term oh, memory is right. okay. <laughs> I don't actually remember that, so that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We have the podcast available for you. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, later today. Yeah. Can listen to myself. WDWS.com. Okay. There you go. <laughs> oh, no, but I uh, I was thinking about, I was trying to remember all of the rules, like, or, not rules so much, but things to kind of guide you as to where to prune. Um, and I mentioned that I like I like to prune the ones any th- any branch that is going toward the roof of my house. Uh, gotcha. Because I want to kind of direct it off and steer it off to go in another direction if I can. And I remember the crossing branches if branches are crossing um, because they can wear against each other and the friction can cause an open wound. Yes. Where it can have pathogens of oh, insects or disease. And yeah. Inse- okay. Absolutely. Yep. Enter, okay, but there were there were a few other reasons. You're so good. Uh, you've remembered a whole week. So <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm so impressed with myself. <laughs> it is the little things in life, isn't it? Oh, it's going okay. in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> what do you look for, John? Well, there's there's other reasons to prune as well. You're correct. Uh, anytime there's any type of damaged or yes. diseased branches cut it off no matter what time of year it is that's true absolutely absolutely uh sometimes we look at the overall sometimes you're pruning for uh basically the overall health of the plant really uh opening it up sometimes removing branches in the middle uh, for air circulation right okay increased air circulation minimizes the uh, fungal issues and opens it up to a little more sunlight so everything is a little more healthy that's that's good to be reminded of, because that was something early on that I was like, really? 
well, gosh, I, I guess that makes sense. But you would think, you, you know, you want it to fill in and then just uh, be lush and full. Be lush and yeah. full all on its own and not have to do much. But there are things you can do to make it even better. You can. Yeah. So the air Absolutely. circulation, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And then sometimes we prune because the plant, for instance, fruit trees oh. and berries for fruit production. For And explain ideal. that a yeah. little bit. Uh, basically, it's... Uh, you are pruning back a lot of times just for same other reasons too uh, because uh, if you don't prune the fruit will get heavy and then also you'll get a lot of suckers on fruit trees especially and you'll have more branches than fruit okay and then yeah and then they're taking up a lot of the energy that you would rather have redirected to the fruit itself i imagine yeah and you know sometimes and it just seems not right but you don't want too much fruit on any one branch like john was saying it gets too heavy so when after maybe after the the fruit trees flowered and you can see what's been pollinated and uh there's going to be fruit developing you don't want to have too much fruit on any one branch so you want to go in and maybe snip those little uh stems off mm-hmm. so that it isn't so heavy that it breaks the branches i have many uh, oh, i don't know how many times you've been walking through an orchard but <laughs> when you, you'll see braces up underneath the branch so that it doesn't fall and break you know uh, and that's okay. why there's just too much fruit on it um, it also gives a lot more energy, like you were saying, in, into any one flower that's producing the fruit. Um, also, as, as we were talking before, opens up the tree to allow more sunlight in so that the fruit ripens better. Right. Okay. So there's a number of reasons to do fruit trees particularly. Yeah. It's an art and a science. Absolutely. Decidedly. And there's tons of information out about how to do it yourself if you have some trees at home. Uh, University of Illinois Extension website has really fantastic. Fabulous small fruit care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we're lucky we have that information right here at our fingertips. Well, anybody does, but if you have a computer. We are lucky. Yeah, we're lucky to live in this great town. We are. I have a, a text. Yes. That says, I have my Christmas cactus in a southern window. Is this too much sun for the plant? And thank you from Lois. I love Christmas cactus. I do too. They're so exciting when they flower. Mm-hmm. And then someone here in the store has a Christmas cactus that flowers sometimes three times a year. I've never had really? that happen. Mm-mm. That Brian. Oh, I've never is had it? that happen. At any rate, southern exposure. I think it's probably okay, don't you, John? If if it's a, an indirect light, you know, like a, a curtain, a sheer curtain, or there's a tree outside the window that's kind of breaking the light a little bit, okay. or you, just inside, uh, or back away from the window. Yeah, I don't think you'd ever want to have it in where there's sun directly coming in exactly. on it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they do like a bright light. Absolutely, yeah. But, just not direct. Okay, indirect. Indirect. Okay. So back away from the window or with uh, a sheer curtain breaking the light or a tree outside that window breaking the light, something like of that nature. Okay. Just so it's not direct. I think I had that exact problem with my miniature rose uh, plant that just, it was doing just fine. 
but then you know I put it near the front window thinking just not even thinking I guess (laughs) and for a long time yeah I had the shears you know closed but then opened them up one day because it was a beautiful sunny day and then I went there the next morning and oh my gosh all the leaves were yellow and many had fallen and I'm like Dude, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds more like it dried out quickly. But I've been keeping it hydrated fairly, but maybe... You put it in a different environment. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Because roses, maybe one of the... And I don't consider those to be houseplants, but, I mean, they do well for a while in the house. But they they pretty much like they like a lot of sun. Yeah, full sun. They, they, they I think you hold those too. The miniature roses, not so was, much as was I right to the bring them ones. indoors? Uh, it yeah probably. Yeah, it's Ish. just a little pot. Yeah. Mulch outside mulch <laughs> over. Do you think yeah. it wants a little bit of cold then? It probably would be okay with some cold. S- okay, so some. maybe my back porch. Maybe. That's closed in some, but... Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Just I, don't forget to water it out there. Yeah. I think you. I think it likes <laughs> the bright light, but you immediately change the environment. That's that's where your right. problem was. Yeah. But, yeah, it could it could easily like to be in the sun. But you want to introduce it gradually, not just take it from one extreme to the other. That's true of any houseplant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Oops, that's good advice that I need to follow then. <laughs> the other thing is you, every, you guys recommend that every once in a while you just give them a nice thorough soaking and let them drain through and, instead of just adding a little bit of water every now and then, don't you? I think that's the best way to water anytime. Yes, apps, I agree. Oh, okay. So you're encouraging root production down, not at the very surface of, of the soil mass. Wow. So whether the plant is outdoors in the ground or in a pot, containers, take it to the sink if it's something you can lift and carry to the sink and water it, let it drain all the way through, then take it back to its location and put it in in whatever you have it in. But um, just watering on the top is not a good practice. Okay. That... Uh, I just feel like I've been wow. Have I been doing it wrong then? <laughs> Thoroughly and deeply. I mean, if I have an yes. extra, you know, I'm, oh, I'm going to get a fresh glass of water. Uh, Steve, toss it in as there. Steve always says, you can water too often by continually watering, or um, you never water too much by watering deep at any one time. Okay. Too often, but not too deep. Watering too deep, you can't do that unless you. Do it continuously for five or six days. I, that would—that's too often, though. Right. So do it once. Water deep once. Let it use the water as much as possible. Test the soil, and that's how you want to time the watering is by testing the soil, not not by your your watch. Right. By and or it's by Tuesday. S- I'm gonna water. By yeah, I can't exactly. do that. The calendar doesn't tell you when to water. <laughs> You know, they really should know my schedule. <laughs> no, I know. But <laughs> and and it's poke your finger down into the soil and not just test what it feels like on top. Right? You know, if if you're practiced at it and you've done it for a while, te- even lifting the pot at, or just touching the top of the soil, uh, 
if you've done it enough, you can tell. You get the rhythm of it. You get the feel of it. I could see that, lifting the pot like it would be But if, you, if you're if you not sure, stick your finger in. Yep. I've stuck my finger in before, even though I've been doing it for forever. But sometimes I just have to make sure. Yeah, you just do. And then when you do water, water it thoroughly, let it drain. And if you have... If you're not moving it to the sink, and if it's there's the saucer underneath, make sure that go back after you know 30 minutes or so. It's not standing, sitting in that water. Make it a deep saucer. <laughs> well, even even dump out that deep saucer, especially mm-hmm. if it's a deep one. Yep. Because right. you simply do not want the the roots or the bottom of the pot with the soil to be sitting in water. Right. Okay. Soggy roots is bad. And root rot. Stagnant water doesn't smell well either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That You're right about that. Thank yeah. you very much. We have our phone lines open at 3569-397, or you can text us at 351-5357 for Plant Experts, live at Prairie Gardens. You know, Tamara, you were talking about uh, pruning and being able to see things in the wintertime. Um, that is the thing, case throughout the entire garden in the wintertime, don't you think, John? Oh, yeah. Um, how much planning have you done in the last couple of weeks? Um, I actually have done some planning. I have, too. Been walking around. Yes. Yep. And what kinds of things are you looking for and at? It is just, it's, it's all across the board. Uh, first, I think you're looking for... Um, is that plant in the wrong place? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Obviously, you're looking at structure now, and your perennials because your perennials will be down. But you're looking for the structure um, of that you have in your garden. A lot of people are looking for color. Yes, there's color in the winter. Um, there, there is actually, yeah. And and you know, there's several different ways to approach uh, putting color winter interest into your garden. Yeah. And and a lot about it, uh, it was the textures, the different texture oh gosh, of yeah. all the the branching. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's there's lots of ways to do that. Evergreens certainly, mm-hmm. and evergreens they're not just green. There's a lot of shades of green. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. It's one of the the coolest things in the market right now. There's so many different things coming into the market right now. Gold evergreens. Yeah. Blue evergreens. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is just so fun. Yeah, it is to see all this stuff come in the market. So I, I think that evergreens are definitely a way to put color in your garden, whether they're big, tall evergreens or little tiny mounds of evergreens. Just everything across the board, whether it's a needled evergreen or a broadleaf evergreen. Hmm. Lots of different things. Yeah. What's another way? Well, that's with. Deciduous shrubs, too. Oh, absolutely. And trees. Absolutely. Just because of their bark or because some actually retain any kind of foliage? Not not foliage, but but it's the different textures and colors of the bark, which is cool. Uh, One great example are the dogwood shrubs, where you have the red twigs, or you have, which is that kind of rich, rich kind of reddish burgundy color over the winter, okay. you know, against right. the landscape. Uh, there's also a golden one, which is beautiful, or yellow. That would be It's beautiful. kind of a chartreuse green in the, in the summer, but then in winter, it's more of a gold color. I forget, I just saw a couple of days ago, it was a cluster of red twigs. It was just, they were 
just beautiful, this yeah. glowing red. Aww. Just a group of glowing red stems coming yeah. out of the ground. It was just lovely. Yeah, really What cool. a great way to add color to your garden. I, I, you know, what I have been particularly interested in this last few years is um, bark on trees. Mm-hmm. Um, exfoliating bark or color, the coloration of bark or uh, just ridges in, in the bark of trees and shrubs, for that matter. Um, and I always talk about my coral bark maple. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, the colder it gets, the more coral it gets. It's just beautiful. That's a Japanese maple. Japanese maple, I'm yeah. sorry, yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then there's the paper bark maple, oh, gosh, which is so cool. Oh, great. Um, it's almost cinnamon color, isn't it? Yeah, and it's got kind of exfoliating bark. So it's it's I really think cool. You we're reading Curls my appeals. mind. Yeah. Yes, because we had one in our yard growing up. Did you really for a little while? Yes. Oh, and that's it was absolutely amazing. So fun as a kid because you try to peel some off and then write on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what a pioneer woman! Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> but yes, it was beautiful. It would have like uh, bits of red and orange uh, throughout it, and, and and not striations, just kind of. I don't know, blotches here and there. I don't know how to describe it. Hence sure. the name Paper Bark Maple. <laughs> okay, there you go. And then was it like a... You could have uh, uh, a, uh, used that for uh, your birdhouses. Oh, more th- that would have been neat. <laughs> more than likely it was a birch, though, a white birch. Those well, were m- it, much more common. A white birch even though it wasn't white? Uh, some of them are kind of brown. Well, or there's the, the river birch, the too. The river birch are brownish. Oh, but the uh, paper bark is definitely a sediment coloration. Okay, but it could have been. I'm not saying it wasn't, but um. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> okay, You're damaging your childhood. Absolutely was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's just so much going on with river bark. bark. Uh, river birch. Um, river birch. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna. And to paper bark maple. Um, there's so many of those that are just. So interesting. At the uh, Picea bungeanum, it has, it looks kind of like, it's gray. Um, it's like patches of gray, different color shades of gray. Not 50 shades, but. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, sorry. You're a reader. <laughs> or you like movies. Sorry. I got it. <laughs> at, at any rate, it's, it's really an interesting uh bark in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Sycamores? Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Those are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, huge trees, but and a little messy, but man, they're worth it. The, the coloration is just fabulous. Oh, the, you can't you can't beat it. It's so beautiful. Up When you look up high, it's it's almost white. The bark is? Yeah. Oh, wow. So It's, it's one of those trees that I remember uh, walking through the woods with my daughter in southern Indiana and it's, you know, the woods in the wintertime would just be, you know, grayish brown. Blah, blah, blah. Then there'd be that sycamore that was like this flame of white. Aww. It was just beautiful. You, you could see them all over the forest. It was just lovely. But uh, they make really great additions to the uh, uh, landscape. Well, they're a big trees, so you really have to bear that in mind. Except now they're introducing sycamores into the uh, market that are tall and narrow. So 12 feet wide. Which is kind of cool. 15 feet wide, but 40 feet tall. So you get all of that. And that's the smaller one. Well, as opposed to being 50 feet wide and 50 feet tall, yeah, that is smaller. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Any any dwarf 
variations that they've been able to um, I don't know about dwarfs yet. I, <laughs> I think the fastigiate is, is all I've been aware of, but doesn't mean it isn't out there yet. Just And probably somebody working on it, don't you imagine? And, and it just takes years to, to try to develop those, mm. you know, so point. who knows? Yeah. could happen. Yeah, absolutely. But the barks are one way of adding that color, but... Um, you can do that with perennials also. Ornamental grasses. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, those in the wintertime are lovely. That's that, that structure and yeah. yes. movement. And You're right. P- pampas, pampas grass, is that? That's a common name, but it's usually attributed to one called Cordidaria, which really isn't reliably hardy here. So we don't sell it, but there's a northern pampas grass. There's a lot of miscanthus that's lovely or that is perfectly hardy here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a lot of grasses that have that beautiful inflorescence mm-hmm. that stands up in the winter time and has that tannish gold coloration. Yeah. And I love the the miscanthus. Oh yeah, I mean you just can't beat it. No, it's got fabulous. that graceful habit, and the birds just love it. Oh. Gosh, yeah. yeah. They love that. They love seed heads off of some of your perennials, like echinacea mm-hmm. or uh, coneflowers. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and that's another texture, but it's also a way to feed the birds. Nice. So, And, and the grasses also give protection to the birds. Yeah. yeah. So those are great. But now is such a great time to evaluate that. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I had some color there. I wish I had some texture there. Whether it's a tree, so a shrub, time. grasses, yeah, winter time. It's winter a great time, time to it's great time to plan your garden. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. You can join us by calling three five six nine three nine seven two one seven area code or text three five one five three five seven. You know, John. One thing I wanted to ask you about was your rhododendron, yes. the, a broadleaf evergreen. Mm-hmm. Okay. How's it doing? Um, actually, it's t- doing well oh. for the, for its age. <laughs> I did not realize that a rhododendron was an evergreen. There are some that aren't broadleaf, but oh, it, okay. but there's mostly they are, huh? Mostly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then so so what where 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 it's sited, um, it was obviously planted when my house was built, which is almost fifty years ago. If you can think about it in the 70s, uh, yeah. It's doing well. It is doing well, and and um, it's about 8 to 10 feet tall. And now it's been, uh, the the past few years, there was a, a tree that was removed. So now it's getting a lot more sun in the wintertime. Yeah. And uh, it's really obvious that it doesn't like it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. And it, what is it doing? Well, it, it turns more yellow. And, of course, um, the branching or the, in, the, in the foliage tends to um, get spotted a little bit. In, oh. So, yeah. And that happens to a lot of evergreens in the wintertime if they get, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but some evergreens in the wintertime when they get too much sun. More exposed to sun and yeah. also wind. Too. Oh, wind. Oh, my gosh, yeah. can be very desiccating. Mm. I could see that. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely a, a, a neat addition to the a garden in the wintertime, is it not? Absolutely. And what's happened because it's so old, 
uh, and I've had to take branches out of it. It almost takes on a uh, an, a bonsai effect, really. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's kind of neat. fun to work on it that way. I'm sure. And I'm sure, you know what? I think a lot of evergreens are treated like that when they get older. They're, mm-hmm. um, people start trimming them um, as a bonsai because they, they tend to get a little leggy and, and not full of leaves at the base. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of times uh, junipers are done that way where yes. you've had a, as a foundation planting around yes. a home and then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're 15 feet tall. And so, uh, but you can go in into the base and take all those, all the, uh, the branches out. And then you have these big woody stems and they're beautiful actually done that way. Yes, absolutely. A totally different look though, isn't it? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, it's just opening it up for more air circulation. Actually, that's more about aesthetics. Okay. Uh, what John is talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys threw me when you said bonsai because I'm thinking, you know, small. Bonsai is a pruning method, right? Not not a plant. Not the, so, okay. <laughs> so I just thought all bonsais were yeah, in order to keep it uh, relatively small. I, but I would call, I would more call it a control issue. It's with the roots, though, right? The roots and the top, okay. controlling the shape of the plant and controlling the size of the plant. Okay. So the roots are more about well, not necessarily. Well, you're trimming the roots only if it's if you're it's in a container basically, and you have it in there for years. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm thinking, God, that sounds like a lot of work to have to dig it up just to prune some roots. <laughs> Put yeah, it back right. in the Go ground. for it, girlfriend. Well, I guess if I want it over a few inches, now's the time. I don't think so. You know, the other thing that is a great color in the wintertime, and I forgot all about this, but um, hollies. Oh, yeah. Both, oh. both the, the fertisolata and the reservas and uh, the uh, broadleaf evergreens, the uh, ones that keep their leaves all winter, the really sharp-pointed leaves all around. They have The females have beautiful berries if they have a male close to them. And uh, the same, oh, the same the with trick. the Tisolatas, the the deciduous hollies, which are pretty common around here. Um, they lose all the leaves, and then they're loaded with these beautiful red berries, yeah, which is it. terrific color. And the birds love them. They do, yeah. So you may not have the berries all winter, but yeah, you'll have entertainment. Oh my gosh, yes! Until you run out, feed the birds in a natural way. You don't have to put out bird food. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And it sounds beautiful. Oh, they really are beautiful. They, do, they lose the leaves but keep the, the fruit, the berries. Huh. Yeah. Ne- next to an evergreen tree, those red yeah. berries, pretty. And so pretty. was that a specific type of holly again? Those, that's a, a species, of the verticillatas or um, winterberry. Yeah. Oh. And, and they also need a boy and a girl to have fruit. The girl has the fruit if there's a boy close. Okay. That's right. I have a, uh, I planted intentionally a, a stand. I have seven together, and I did the uh, male and female plant that you can purchase oh, yes. in the same container. Yes. So hopefully in about three more years, it's going to start to look really exciting. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And and that's a trend in, in uh, landscape production now, too, is... Uh, those hollies that need a boy and a girl, they're planting a, a start of each in one pot so that they grow together and any Perf- any one plant 
well, basically, mm -hmm. uh, one plant, even though it's not just one plant, is going to look like it has, the whole thing's going to look like it has berries because the branches are going to intertwine and oh, still so be berries mm -hmm. everywhere, but there'll always be those, the pollinator there for the female. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't even think about them intertwining. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, I thought you did. I didn't. Well, that's right. In my imagination, you did. That's pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who told me about it. <laughs> it's, it's it's just one of those landscaping things that, uh, duh. Yeah. You know, why didn't I think of that a long time ago? So is this something that you, you said you planted how many in a row? Seven. Seven. Well, so it's kind of a cluster. Kind of a border? Or? It's a, it's a where uh, on the west side of my property uh, where it... It's on the border of the trees, so it kind of transitions into where you have taller trees. Okay. And I like it because it's more of a native-looking plant. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It does. And the deer don't eat it? Well, we have <laughs> been having a little issue with a few of those guys. Uh-oh. So huh. we have to do but again, some deterrence. Oh, okay. What do you usually do? So I switch off between uh, liquid fence seems to be pretty effective. Yeah. And um, liquid fence, which is a spray. You can, it's a spray that you can put it on the plant and around. Uh, they also have a granular form too. Hmm. Uh, one thing that's good is where these are particularly planted. My neighbor has um, does some feeding, and it's across where they have a there's. Deers kind of have a path that they follow, and they run up and down kind of the same territory. Okay. And just so happens there's some delicious <laughs> corn happening where they can be sidetracked. Oh, thank you, Sidetracked <laughs> a little bit. But, <laughs> so they but yeah, I just, well, and berries, like huh? we're talking about, you know, uh, our walks around yeah, yeah. Uh, scouting, you yes. know, I have to do that all the time. And I've just discovered, you know, one of my arborvitaes has become a delicious snack for some reason. Yeah. So, so yeah. But at the same time, you're making them happy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, isn't that thoughtful? Well, <laughs> they're nice to look at until they really go to town on your yard. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Those dear. Hey, if you want, you can text us your questions or comments at 3515357. And I do have a text uh, saying, when you talk about evaluating what you will need, I got excited, planted a bunch of perennials all over my garden spots, and I have no idea until spring what I did. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, How that's going to be fun. Been there, done that. Raise well, your hands. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, those are on sale. Let's grab it. Yeah. Yeah. There's always room for one more plant, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. So that's why I always say that. Uh, How uh, fun, though. Did, uh, did, where did it go? Where did it go? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, there I, it is. Or, or the sign I have in my yard that says, I don't remember planting that. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> uh, that's why I always say that a digital camera or your uh, uh, phone camera. Best tool you can have in your garden. Yeah, uh, I, I have a an SD card that's dedicated just to my garden, so that I can that's remember smart. where I put what. Because yeah, right now I have, I have too many, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I have to start deleting some. And it's really like, oh, how many? Okay, I have so many of the grandkids and so many of my garden, and 
I, well, you know, I've got another picture of the kids, so <laughs> I'm going to need that garden knowledge. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, maybe uh, I'm not. It's, it's like <laughs> pet owners and, uh, you know, you, you have your camera or your phone, you pull it out and show pictures of, oh, there's my grand dog. Yeah, or, yes. Exactly. No, look, there's my garden. <laughs> yeah. It's not of your kids. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just a great tool to have. Yeah, it really is. You know, for uh, for your memory i mean that's what that just you know in november when i was planting my spring bulbs and oh bulbs especially and i'm like and now i was i was walking the other day i was like where did i put those exactly i think they're sort of over here if it's not something that's pretty and showy i would not think to take a photo of it yeah i know if i just it's a bulb or something i plant it in the ground then why should I take a picture well, of that? E- even worse for bulbs for me. I because I do that what October? Well, sometimes in October, sometimes January, sometimes January. It's like I, I there's I did that John just the other day. I'm thinking uh, I set that that stone there, but did I have some tulips there? Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to be able to grow out from underneath that rock? <laughs> I yeah laugh. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> yikes. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, yikes. No to quote our texter. Yeah. We all agree and, with the texter. You know, yes, yikes. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I I suggested this. I, I It was like an epiphany. Well, why don't I just mark those places? So I got some different colored golf tees. Oh, you can get them in it. You can get a bag full of mixed colors. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I thought, I'll just put those in the ground where the where I plant the bulbs. Mm-hmm. Well, the squirrels loved them. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> what on earth could they be doing with them? It was like a brand new toy. <laughs> I found them laying all over my yard. I got to tell my husband he's going to be flicking golf tees all over the yard just to watch the squirrels go at them. Oh, they were they were just thrilled. <laughs> oh so, gosh. you know, it was a nice thought, but then uh, in the same sense I could I could mark my bulbs when I plant them yeah. like that and take pictures of it. Yeah. And then take the golf tees out if I didn't want the squirrels playing with them. Oh, okay. But I you know, it's better that than playing with the bulbs that they dug up, so Nice try. Hansel. I know. I thought I it was mean, a Gretel. great idea. <laughs> great idea, Gretel. <laughs> no, but you were talking about how you can go and look in the past, not just like last year. What's fun then now is to like look past a couple of years and really see the growth in oh yeah in Isn't that something. Great? Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I I did that for I have I belong to the local hostess society, and um, I think it was this last year. I did a presentation for him about change in the garden. And I went back 10 or 15 years in photographs wow. just to to show the difference. And, and looking at that was like, oh, my gosh, I don't remember that. Wow. Uh, the, the big yellow cam- uh, uh, uh mops mm-hmm. in my backyard, when I put it in, it was probably a foot and a half wide, maybe 10 inches tall. And it's supposed to grow to four feet high and wide. Yeah, or that's that's in the trade. That's what it was then. Okay. But mine's like 15, 16, 17 feet tall now. <gasps> wow. And 
12, 15 feet wide. Yeah. It's, a, it's a perfect conical shape, and it's just glows. I bet it's, it's beautiful. Great yellow, just gorgeous. But seeing that develop over the years was like, whoa. Yeah. And it, it just luckily, I put it in the right place. It was just luck. Yeah, and that's that's the whole deal. When we are doing our planning and plotting, we have to remember that. Oh, it's going to grow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. It looks cute. Oh, that's cute. Let's put three of them together. Yeah. And that's one of the big things about planting a garden is that we forget to think about um, 10 years down the road. Is that one gallon uh, conifer going to be the same size or a little bit bigger or a lot bigger? My neighbor planted a row of arborvitae because he's next to a field, and so he was hoping to get kind of a... Uh, uh, wind block. Yeah, sure. Um, but it just looked to me like he, he said he absolutely followed directions, and I completely believe him. You know, he followed everything to a T. Uh, but they just still kind of look a little close together as I imagine them being full grown. Yeah. And d- should you leave a little more space than what the instructions suggest? Or are they thinking that it's going to? grow 15 feet i mean obviously they should be <laughs> well well where you're having where the issue is going to be is is where the, how close they're planted together you know right. if, if it's suggested they're three to four feet wide you know you want to go from the center of that plant and go across to the next one allowing for you know eight feet in between at least allowing up because you're going to think from the center of the plant, it's going to be, if it's four feet wide, it's going to be two feet from the center, right? Okay. So and if you want space in between them, you go a out, lot wide. Out lot the more. two feet plus whatever the directions recommend. And then the other two feet for the other tree and then plant it there? Uh, Ish. But, okay. but that's that's a, an aesthetic decision, whether you want space between them uh-huh. or right. whether you want them touching or yeah. whether you want them growing into each other. Yeah. Okay. But most uh, and, production companies... And it's okay to let them do that, grow into yeah, each what other? Yeah, what you have to remember is that there's going to be a, a big bare space. If, if one tree dies, where it's been growing into the other tree is never going to have branches on it. Oh. So you're going to have a hole there. So... You want to read the production company information, uh, and, and they're usually reasonably consistent. But in evergreens, particularly, it's usually a ten-year growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that truly, they have to get it in the market. It, it takes that long to, to get things get into the market. Mature. Conifer, yeah, particularly. Um, so, if this uh, arborvitae um, green velvet that is so common in the market that's used for a hedge. It says uh, four to f- usually three to five feet wide, 12 to 15 feet tall. It's not going to stop growing at 10 years. It may slow down a lot, but it's going to continue to grow high and wider. So if you want them uh, to have space in between them, you really do want to put them a lot wide further apart. apart. So five feet from the center of one plant to five feet from the center of the other plant is going to give you um, five feet, mm-hmm. but it's probably going to get six or seven feet wide, so they're eventually going to grow into each other. It doesn't happen overnight. Like I said, that's usually that three to five feet is usually a, a ten-year time 
frame. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they'll continue to grow. I That's something that I'm really glad you recommended to keep in mind because I would not have thought of that at all. Well, but pe- now that you've explained it, it makes sense. But it's, it's <laughs> logical, you know, for people to look at a, at a tag and it says, oh, that gets two feet wide and ten feet tall. Plant them th- so yeah. two feet apart. Plant right. them two feet apart. Yeah. yeah. But it's not going to stop there. It may slow down a lot, but it's just not going to stop at two feet. So okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yep. Or you're going to move in three years, so it doesn't make any difference. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it, sometimes that happens, especially on a new construction house, and somebody comes in, and I want it to look really full now. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And that's yeah. what does happen a lot of times. Okay. Yes, it does. This is Plant Experts, live at Prairie Gardens. Thank you for listening. You can join in at 356-9397 or text us at 351-5357. I know that uh, last week we kind of discussed what we'd be talking about this week. Have we covered everything? Can well, I particularly wanted to talk wanted to talk about winter interest in the garden and, and designing, and that's, that's what we uh, really wanted to cover. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, let's take a call from Jeanette and Dewey. And then if we can't quite get to that, we'll cover it next week. Okay. Okay, great. Hey, good morning, Jeanette. Thanks for calling in. Hi, good morning. Morning. Uh, Real quick question. I'm looking to replace my Miss Kim lilacs, um, and I'm thinking with hydrangeas, is there any um, benefits for the hydrangeas over the lilacs? And if you have any suggestions for hydrangeas that are three to maybe five feet tall well yes we do (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure miss kim's are great yeah Uh, uh, and probably a little bit taller than what you'd intended if you want three to five feet miss kim's usually top out at five don't they usually yeah Yeah, four to five so they're a little bit taller they have a great fragrance they do but Um, so so one of the the I, I love the Miss Kim too, but one of the benefits of the hydrangea, uh, you may get a little bit longer bloom time. Yeah, absolutely. And and the lilacs, the lilacs bloom earlier, which is fine. You yeah. know, you, if you yeah. need that color in May uh, or early June, but uh, the hydrangeas, like John just said, have a, a a longer bloom time. You'll start probably really late spring or, or early summer. And what's your favorite small one, John? My favorite small one is Bobo. Oh yeah, I I vote for Bobo also. So Are they white? It's it's a white. They're white. It's, it's, it's a, a paniculata. It's mm-hmm. the cone shaped, uh, but they're supposed to top out at three to four feet. Okay. So it, it actually sounds like it'd be perfect for mm-hmm. your situation. Mm-hmm. And as far as um, uh, oh, uh, you guys got to go. All right. Well, uh, so you know what? Yeah, you know, look them up and do a little research. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Look that one yeah. up. That and feel free to call okay. the store at Prairie Gardens, Absolutely. and you can talk to the experts still after the show. Okay. okay All right. Thank you so much. Have a great oh, day. Oh, you Thanks. bet. Thanks for calling in, Jeanette. This has been Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Fun. Marianne Metz. Yeah. Thanks for joining in. You're welcome. All your knowledge you're sharing. John Weisgarver. Thanks. It's been fun. Thanks as well. Uh, I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our executive producer is Dave Leak. And we'll have a podcast of the show available on our website later today at WDWS.com. Just click on Multimedia 
and you'll find podcasts and then find the plant experts. We'll be back next week. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening.